Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. We're back in the saddle. Uh, my name is Josh Kuypers. This is my co-host, Anthony Hookman. Hello. And yeah, we are we are your guides to season two. We are... How many episodes do we have in season two? We got to be getting fairly close here. There are, I think, 16 because I watched episodes 12 and 13. <laughs> Uh, which we'll, we'll talk about 13 next week literally yeah, actually this time. um yeah. and there were only three episodes left i think on disc four or maybe there's only two episodes left now i'm oh boy this is embarrassing well, when we go to imdb like, we'll think, find out soon you know what i think it's 15 because i think i thought oh this is gonna work out really well because we'll record um, two episodes tonight, and then the next two episodes are the last two episodes of the season, and that'll uh, be a nice way to wrap it up. But are we, are we going to do the unprecedented triple header next time? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> we watch the sunrise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make sure you've got a solid eight hours yeah. set the, aside uh, for this. this. The season finale of season two, the last episode is just complete nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> You're drunk and yeah. exhausted. And <laughs> yeah. Probably not a good idea. Well, no, 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 we'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. But yeah, uh, yeah thanks for, for being with us. Uh, Anthony, I feel like you and I haven't talked in a while. So yeah, how you been? What What's new over in the, the Hookman Iverson household these days? Yeah, I've been doing well. Um by the time this comes out, this will no longer be an announcement, but Angie and I are moving to Sioux Falls, which you already have known for Ew. about a month. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's exciting. So by the time this episode airs and probably not the next episodes that we record, but the next episodes after that will probably be, and going forward will probably be recorded in uh, Sioux Falls and Sioux Center that much closer to uh, doing an episode <laughs> together in the same room. Yeah, someday. We'll, we'll get those vaccines one of these days and it, could, it might happen. But yeah, that's a, that's a great move. We, we're we big fans of Sioux Falls. I mean, I'm just over the border in Iowa, but the difference in that like 45 miles between Sioux Center and Sioux Falls, between Iowa and, and South Dakota might as well be a completely different countries as far as I'm concerned because yeah. Iowa just doesn't cut it for me. Um, you know, we love South Dakota. We're not necessarily proud of everything South Dakota has been up to <laughs> lately, yeah. but for yeah. the most part. Yeah, it's still it's still home and we're proud of it. But um, yeah, so as we're recording this, we just had the holidays, Christmas and New Year mm -hmm. were the last two weeks. Uh, did you do anything for Christmas? We did. We mixed it up a little bit. Um, you know, no big extended family gatherings, of course. Uh, we had... We had Christmas Eve and, and Christmas Day just to ourselves. My wife and I and our three kids, we hadn't really done that before. We're always busy flying all, all over the place. So we decided to just have a chill Christmas at home, uh, which was great. And then we spent a little bit of time back in, in Platt with my family and about a day and a half back in Colton with Lindsay's family. So it was nice. It was very chill. You know, didn't get to see a lot of people, but that's just where we're at these days, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, yeah, it was enjoyable. You, did you guys go anywhere? You stayed put. We, um, so we stayed put, um, for the most part. So Angie had, um, a pop-up shop in pier 
the mm-hmm. day after Christmas. So mm-hmm. she left here around noon on Christmas day and went to pier and then spent the 25th and 26th, like with her parents and then at doing working. Yep. Um, and I, uh, drank whiskey and watched it's a wonderful life by myself. <laughs> and that's then, dangerous. <laughs> I feel like you can yeah. get in your feelings pretty yeah. easy. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the day after Christmas, I went and visited my aunt and uncle and my cousins in Sioux Falls. So very nice. Um, that was yeah. I did not go uh, anywhere near Charles Mix County. <laughs> probably won't for a little while. Yeah, probably um, wise decision there. But yeah, it was a nice little, nice little Christmas. I yeah, just watched Christmas movies. Basically, I watched one or two with Angie, and then one or two by myself, and then yeah drank some whiskey and just enjoyed enjoyed myself nice nice yeah that, that sounds solid uh hope all of you listening had a great christmas hope you're having a great valentine's day right now or <laughs> later than that yeah it's, i hope uh, happy saint patrick's day yeah you know? <laughs> so hope you're enjoying your april fool's day <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh we're going to we're going to get into it here. We're on episode 12 of season 2. The episode is called as we get IMDb pulled up. It's called Who do you think you are? Here uh here goes. Come on. Let's go. Matt doesn't want to break his bond with his grandmother's nurse who's moving back to her native country. What Smash kind of and Noel are talking about. Sorry. <laughs> Smash and Noel are pressured by their parents to break the bond that they have between them. <laughs> Tammy doesn't want to break the bond with her infant daughter by leaving her at daycare. Keep going. And Santiago's former friends show up at his house to retrieve their bond. (laughs) Buddy feels the bond with his material possessions (laughs) while his daughter, Lila, takes a job at a Christian radio station. (laughs) Oh, man. He started off really strong, Movie Dude 1. I, you know... I think this was pretty good. Almost the whole way through, he kept it going, and then he ends on completely unparalleled. Lila takes a job at the Christian radio station. I, I think, I think movie dude one, you know, identified to some themes here that I wasn't even picking up on. He did good. <laughs> I think, I think retrieve their bond was yeah a poor use of words. I think maybe like rekindle would have been a better yeah. Word it makes it sound like, like they're going to like pick up a financial document. Yes, that's what I <laughs> what I took from it as well. That's why I was like, what were they trying to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the use of the word retrieve, um, and then Lila just being thrown in there at the end, uh, not mentioning a bond at all, which they she totally could have could have been like. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's having a new bond, which we'll talk about yeah. shortly. Yeah. Um With so Chris, right the off Christian. the bat, this is like a seven point five for movie dude one, I gotta say. I thought it was pretty good. Um I especially I think the line of the synopsis is Buddy feels the bond with his material possessions. <laughs> That's good. I like it. That's our buddy. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's go let's go with a strong seven on uh on this plot synopsis for movie dude one. He can never quite seal the deal. He gets close. Someday he's going to do it. I really believe in him. I do too. Uh, before we dive into the the meat of this episode, mm-hmm. uh, Josh, what do you got uh, for drink over in, in Sioux Center? Yeah. Tonight I'm feeling a bond with my rum and Coke here. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, yeah, keeping it simple. I've got the rum and Coke 
I've got a, an American IPA from Sam Adams that I got for Christmas from my mom uh, <laughs> up next. And then if we get any, if I need to go further than that, I've got the bush light on backup. Nice. So I've got them all lined up here. Wow. Yeah. You, you came prepared. I did. What do you got? I've got just the classic rum and diet Coke. Yep. I'm trying call. to watch my figure. <laughs> Junior bacon cheese. <laughs> Junior. All right. I'm glad we, we got that covered. Uh, thanks for, for remembering to do that. All right. Who do you think you are? It, this episode came out the January 18th of 2008. We start this episode off with the Taylor family, mainly Coach and Tammy, arguing about Gracie's daycare situation. Yeah, they are uh, trying to schedule a daycare center. Coach is concerned why this particular daycare center suddenly has an opening. Um, <laughs> right. He is, yeah, uh, he thinks maybe it's a bad daycare or something. Something, yeah. <laughs> yeah, either something serious happened to the child or the <laughs> or a child or, um, yeah, it's just not good enough for uh, for somebody. So, yeah. Yeah, he has he has some concerns. What a good daycare, really. Uh, just have an opening just like that. Uh, I don't know if you caught this. Did you catch the name of the daycare? Mm-mm. It's called Area 51. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was just a jab at Gracie being an alien. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if you're being serious, because there is a very oddly named... Um, <laughs> Something else later in the episode, which we'll we'll dive into oh. that I did catch. That Uh-oh. I'm gonna guess that you did not catch. Uh, no, based I don't. On this, so I must not have. I no. thought, wow, two things in one episode to have a name like that. <laughs> um, no, I was just jabbing it at Gracie. Didn't didn't quite land. Didn't no, it was a good bit. I'm not gonna stop uh, <laughs> with that bit. So, uh, <laughs> Matt has always loved pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> we find out and grandma's going to make some. Yeah. Apparently her recipe has a lot of baking soda. In it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just Matt, dump it in there. Matt thinks maybe she's going to make too many uh, or too much batter, but she insists that she's been making pancakes for 40 years. Yeah. Uh, and that she knows how to make them. She also claims that he eats 10 pancakes. <laughs> sitting. That's a lot of pancakes. That's, that's a lot. Tell you what, they're not doo diddy size pancakes. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, those are some good truck stop pancakes. However, in the middle of all this, we find out that Carlota is moving out. She's headed back to Guatemala. Uh, her family needs her there. And Matt is a sad boy about yeah, it. Yeah, Matt is bummed. Uh, back at... <laughs> Area 51 daycare. <laughs> hey, <Hey-o. laughs> Tammy is going to drop Gracie off, but uh, she suddenly gets concerned about a bunch of like extremely innocuous things <laughs> happening with the children at the daycare. Like, she sees like a toddler like pouring dirt out of a fireman's hat, like a toy fireman's hat, and she's like, Oh, I don't know about this place. <laughs> Yeah, she hears she hears a kid crying, <laughs> which it's a daycare. I, there's there's hardly five minutes that go by in my home with only three kids where there's not crying, let alone a daycare with 
20 or however many they have there. So yeah, that being said, uh, I have, you know, dropped kids off at daycare for the first time and it is, it's tough. It is tough. You, you don't like to do it. And then you convince yourself that like the daycare operator hates your kid or is going <laughs> to, you know, pinch them or something, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's fair. I do not have any experience uh, yeah. in that field. So, yeah, but yes, she, she does get freaked out. Um, kind of unnecessarily and bails out on the whole situation. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Not happening. She leaves. She says, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> and like, Gracie is just kind of like cooing and she's like, I agree, Gracie Bell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She is projecting hard onto her infant daughter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we see Santiago walking into school and as he is walking in, uh, a buddy of his, uh, a buddy that is pre-buddy in Santiago's life (laughs) uh, pulls up in kind of a low rider vehicle and basically, you know, tries to get him to ditch school. Santiago's holding strong though. He can't ditch school. He's, you know, trying to keep things on track and he's playing football. So he can't, he can't miss practice and all that. So he holds on pretty hard to that. Uh, Meanwhile, Lila shows up to, uh, the Christian radio station in town. She has a new job as an on-air personality, I guess. Yeah. She is taking calls from teens in the area. Uh-huh. And giving Christian life advice, I guess. <laughs> First of all, did we know about this prior to it? Cause they kind of just like launched into this without like, I almost felt like what's going on. They're acting like we know what's going on, but I don't know what's going on. It's yeah. like, Oh, she has a radio show. Second, the guy, she's late for her first day. I don't know why they chose to make her late. Did we miss something? Was there a reason that she had to be late? But also it, the, the guy said that like the phones were ringing off the hook for her. <laughs> yeah. So like, have they been teasing this? Yeah, maybe that was. A, I, think maybe, I think maybe that was a bit. Maybe he was like, "Oh, they're learning off the hook for you." Like for you, like you know, it's kind <laughs> yeah. of like a break a leg. It's your first day. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe that's it. I was just like, kind of. I I remembered this once it happened, but I was like confused and wasn't quite following what was happening. Um, and then why do they think that this is a good idea for a radio show to have two teens unsupervised? running a advice this is this is a bad idea i'm not sure if the other guy is a teen he seems to be like relatively high up in the church like yeah he's giving a sermon in the next episode which of course we didn't know oh i didn't know that yeah Yeah, sorry sorry. (laughs) my bad um (laughs) no my bad spoiler alert but uh, yeah like he seems to have a pretty good and we've never seen him in school or anything so i kind of took that as maybe he's like a college student or a, just like a young 20 something. He's definitely not old or anything, but he, he seems to be in a different stage of life than Lila is. I hope then that he's like a college intern or something and not a staff member. Cause then you would assume that he is like a youth pastor or young adult pastor, which would be very questionable. His actions. Yeah, considering what happens. I would consider uh, grounds for termination if it was (laughs) my church. But 
So yeah, this is a weird situation all around. But uh, yeah, Lila's taking some calls from horny teens. <laughs> yes, yeah. First call. Um, and I kind of remembered something that happens later in this episode. And I thought it was this first call. <laughs> was, like, I, yeah. I thought the first call was a prank call because the girl is like... Um, me and my boyfriend are both really horny all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I was like, oh, some this is a prank call. Who calls like, another Christian, the local Christian radio station and says, I'm horny all the time. Yeah. That's, what's going Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. It did feel like a prank call. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they played it straight. Like it wasn't a prank call. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Lila's buddy the well i shouldn't say that that could get confusing lila's uh maybe pastor (laughs) co-host (laughs) co-host we'll just say co-host uh he he kind of saves her from that question and and answers for her coach meanwhile back at school coach shows up at tammy's office um I don't remember what they discuss, but they end up going back into Tammy's office and there is Glenn (laughs) (laughs) holding Gracie. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Tammy, Tammy's like trying real hard to not have coach go in the office, but she can't hide it. And yeah, sure enough. Old Glenn with his hands in the coach's icebox, if you will, once again. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I feel like coach is skeptical, but not like he handles it pretty well for the most yeah. part. Yeah. He keeps his cool, but he definitely gives, he shoots a look. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, next we see Noel and smash and Noel invites the entire smash family over for dinner. Then we see Santiago. He gets in the car after school or after practice, I assume we don't know because there was absolutely zero football in this episode. Yeah. So I assume it's after practice, but he gets in the car with his friend from his pre buddy Garrity years and they go back to buddy's place, I guess to drop Santiago off, (laughs) but then they're all hanging out outside drinking (laughs) forties. I'm hanging out outside of buddy's apartment um buddy pulls up and (laughs) kind of greets santiago's friends and reveals something that i don't think up to this point we've been told that santiago's nickname is the sandman apparently (laughs) oh yeah the sandman yeah uh his football nickname uh, it's apparently the Sandman. So he knocks people out. I assume, sleep, yeah, I puts them to sleep. I feel like his friends don't know quite what to make of Buddy Garrity. They're pretty like, who's this f- f- greasy white weirdo? <laughs> the kind of exactly what all of us think uh, yeah, upon seeing Buddy Garrity. But yeah, yeah, um, that's true. But yeah, Buddy handles it pretty well because you can tell. It's a great, Brad, if you want to come on the show, I want to let you know 
Brad Leland, the way he he plays it, yeah, he's clearly terrified, but like plays it surprisingly cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. well done. I felt like it was his used car salesman mm-hmm. kind of coming through. You know, yeah. like he knows how to how to work the crowd a little bit, or at least attempt. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> in the process, he ends up inviting the whole group over for a movie, on th- yeah. movie and pizza on Thursday night. Yeah, he's like, you guys are welcome over anytime you want. And they're like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, how about next Thursday? You guys come over and watch a movie? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that was just a little bit of a panic moment or something for, yeah. for Buddy. Um, kind of weird. But yeah, so now they have a movie date, all of them yeah. together. A little bit later on, we see Coach and Tammy in bed. They are talking about Gracie, talking about daycare. Um, talking about what happened and Tammy says she's not sure how she'll be able to do it tomorrow. So, yeah. Uh, and then coach who's holding Gracie. I wrote this down. She catches you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, playfully ask Gracie, where'd you come from? Where'd you come from? Who huh? are you? Where'd you come from? Yes. <laughs> and then he does a whoosh. As he lifts her, as if it's doing like a rocket noise and like slowly shoots her upwards. I didn't even put that together, but yeah. you definitely did that. Uh, yeah, it's just confirming what yeah. what we already know. Yes. <laughs> no, I, yes, I did write that down. Where'd you come from? Uh, yep. It's what we're all wondering. But cut to the next day. Sure enough, Tammy's in school pushing the baby stroller with Gracie there. She runs into Julie, yeah, Julie's she's, like making fun of Tammy straight up. Tammy's her. going through the halls and is just like, how, how are y'all doing? Uh, you get an A on that test? Like, it's just like <laughs> in tune with everybody. I mean, she's doing her job, but push, pull, pushing the stroller. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Julie sees her and just puts her on blast. It's just like, cannot believe how pathetic <laughs> her mom is for not being able to, to drop her off at daycare. Next, we have uh, Matt and Landry having a little chat and Matt is telling Landry that Carlota is going back to Guatemala. <laughs> Landry asks, is that the hot maid? <laughs> Saracen freaks out at this point. <laughs> she is not a maid. <laughs> she's a nurse. She's in nursing school. <laughs> she studied a lot. And yeah, she's pretty hot. <laughs> Landry doesn't have to prod too much further to get out of Matt that, they are involved. Yeah, yeah. He straight up asks, are you sleeping with a hot maid? Are you? <laughs> and Sarah's like, yeah. Yeah, I am. And it's pretty cool. <laughs> Which is great. Landry's, Landry's very proud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's pretty impressed with the whole situation. The next call we have <laughs> to the the Christian advice, teen, teen Christian advice hotline <laughs> is the crank call. And yes. that is Tim Riggins. Did you, okay, this is completely off, but I just said crank call, which is not what I grew up seeing, but I feel like mm-hmm. I've, did you, are you a prank call person or are you a crank call person? I use the term prank call. Um, obviously I'm familiar with the term crank call, but yeah. um, I've never understood its origins or, uh, and I never cared for the show Crank Yankers. So yeah, right. I, I prefer prank call yeah why would it why would it not be prank if you have to choose between prank and crank why would you choose you get the alliteration yeah, with crank, crank call, call. <laughs> i'll make some crank yeah. calls yeah 
just, <laughs> uh, a completely different show. Uh, when uh-huh. um, George Michael on Arrest Development discovers the Jerky Boys, constantly <laughs> <laughs> yes. like, prank calling Michael, and he's like just completely screwing it up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's a, it's a prank call. Tim is yes. prank calling into the Teen Christian Hotline Advice Hotline, and Lila takes the call. <laughs> uh, once again. My five-year-old was kind of half watching this while she was playing, and she thought this was hilarious. She didn't know what was being said, but she just thought Tim Riggins talking right. like a girl was a great bitch. <laughs> he was loving it. Good, but yeah, he. <laughs> well, him and Herc are both like talking like, or well, Herc is just giggling like a child, <laughs> right? As Tim is calling in, which where I th- when did Herc come back? Has Herc been back in the picture? I feel like we talked a few weeks ago. Like, is Herc just gone now? But now he's, he's there. Back. Where are they? Why is he in Dylan? Well, there's we find out in episode 13. <laughs> okay. Which Sorry. I think they did. I think I think they prior to this had established this. So I'll just say it. Um, I think they prior to this had established that that Jason and Herc are living together. They have oh, like an yeah. Because, yeah, that's right. Jason moved out. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so, anyway, Tim <laughs> calls into the show posing as a girl and confesses that <laughs> she finds Jesus hot. Oh, which, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Lila <laughs> handles I, it pretty well. And surprisingly, what's the word? Surprisingly aware for a. Uh, teen white evangelical probably in Texas uh, and realizing like, well, what you've seen yeah, right. for Jesus is probably not what Jesus actually looked like. Right. Yeah. Um, that is, that is pretty impressive. About a, as good an answer as she could have given uh, for this prank call. Uh, I'm pretty proud of my daughters because we, when we were down in Florida to visit one of my daughter's birth families, we were going through like an outdoor Christmas light display it was a weird it was a weird christmas display but anyway there was a nativity scene with a uh, little baby jesus in the manger and my 5 year old tugs on my shirt and she says dad that jesus is wrong and i was like what what are you talking about it's like that jesus is wrong that jesus is the wrong color <laughs> boom she's like jesus boom. wasn't white yes nailed it kid love to see it uh so lila and my 5 year old uh, know what's up with that whole situation. Uh, yeah, so Tim finds, d- girl Tim finds Jesus hot. Lila handles it well, um, but then kind of gets, realizes what's going on. And get, well, no, Tim had a second part of the question, didn't he? What was the yeah, second Yeah, I don't part? remember what the second part was, but also like during it, Street rolls in and he's like, is that hey, what's going on in here? Yeah, is that Lila? <laughs> so like, it becomes pretty obvious to Lila what's going on. I don't remember what the second part of the question was. Yeah. But Lila handles it relatively well, but is clearly upset. Yeah. She she goes after the the show's over. She goes over to Tim's house, confronts him, kind of lays into him a little bit, lets him have it. We get uh, a beer beer oh, in Tim Riggins' yeah. hands. Yep. Nice. He is sitting 
watching TV, presumably. He's got a beer in hand and two empties on the end table, but we'll just count the one. We'll just count the one. Yeah. That he's got in hand. Okay. Knock at the door. It's Lila. She basically calls him out. Mm-hmm. I feel like we see a, a bit of genuine remorse and on, on Tim's face as she yeah. leaves. He seems, yeah, actually remorseful, actually <laughs> regretting having made the call. <laughs> I, I did like when she asked, like, why would you do something like that? Tim's just like, I thought it was funny. He's <laughs> like, just kind of straight up like, that's yeah. funny. I don't know. <laughs> That's why I do things sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't always work out for me either. <laughs> the Smash family arrives at Noel's family's house for dinner. Uh, after dinner, Smash's sister and Noel's siblings go to play Wii. Oh, y'all got a Wii? Yeah, Smash <laughs> is ready to get in on that. And... Literally, everybody else at the table is like, smash, no. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, uh, this was, when did this come out? 2008? The Wii was new? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Smash is a 17, 18-year-old kid. It's 2020. I'm a 33-year-old man, and I got a Wii for Christmas, baby. (laughs) And I've been playing a lot of Wii, so I understand where Smash is coming from with his excitement. Uh yeah, of course, Wii Bowling. Me, me and the five-year-old Fools, been playing yeah. some Wii Bowling. Uh, really, if that's all, if that was the only game the Wii had, I'd, 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 that'd still be awesome. That game's, wow. that game rocks. It is uh, good. I don't know if I'd go with as far as you, but <laughs> it is a good game. Uh, been playing a lot of Super Paper Mario, though. I got, uh, I had Spider-Man Out of the Shadows recommended to me as the best Spider-Man game of all time. So I'm going to play that. And I got Rayman Origins, which is supposed to be one of the best Wii games of all time. So I got it lined up. Uh, You got a, uh, I don't know if the virtual console is still like something you can do. Uh, It's not, but what was going to say? You got to get Harvest Moon, Harvest Moon 64. (laughs) One of the greatest video games of all time. Uh, No, that is offline, but. Uh, one of the things that I plan on doing after I kind of get through all these games is I'm going to buy uh, like a Raspberry Pi kit. Um, when you do that, let me know. Yeah. So I can get one too, or I can like throw you some money to get yeah, a second one just because yeah. I have no idea how to do uh-huh. that, but I want one. <laughs> yes. Yes. So uh, presumably I will be able to play Harvest Moon 64 once I get that going. So, but yeah, I will, I will let you know. Please do. Goes. Please keep me in the loop on that. Yeah. Uh, man, I, yeah, there's, I, I enjoy current video games, but there's just something simple and satisfying about like nineties yeah. and early two thousands games that are 100%. Yeah. I, um, I don't know if you know this, I got a switch for oh. like extremely cheap about a year ago. Oh, that's um, right. So actually much work. Almost exactly a year ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, my office bought one and then never used it. As far as I can tell, mm-hmm. my our HR lady who used to be my supervisor. Um, it was, yeah, because it was around this time. And so they were like, hey, we had the Christmas tree set up. Like, does anybody want to buy the office <clears throat> Christmas tree? Like, it's a fake one. Um, oh, yeah. And she, she would send out emails, like, you know, once a week being like, hey, if anybody wants this, 
were selling it, you know, for five uh-huh. bucks, 10 bucks, whatever. Uh-huh. And then one day in the email comes, oh, by the way, Nintendo Switch 50 bucks. <laughs> and I was like, dibs. <laughs> like, I immediately <laughs> wrote back and was like, dibs on the Switch. I probably even had a, I'm pretty sure I had a spelling error in it. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, so I got a Switch for 50 bucks. And that has, um, if you, you can pay $20 for a year and they have, um, basically a, sele- a growing selection of Nintendo and Super Nintendo oh, games that you can play. Nice. So Angie and I occasionally get on, we just play Super Mario Brothers yep. um, together. So right on. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So man, you could, you could flip that thing now and I, probably yeah, make I know a lot of money. I, At least right before Christmas, you could have. Don't think I didn't think about it, but I, I get <laughs> yeah. just enough use out of it. I think. Yeah. It's worth hanging on to. It's yeah. worth hanging on to. Um, so and I've also spent enough money on games like downloaded games oh, that right. yeah right <laughs> yeah Super Mario Brothers and I downloaded Risk <laughs> like a video game version of Risk and that's, those are two probably the two that I play the most so. really <laughs> I can't on, picture playing on Switch anyway I can't picture playing a video game version of Risk but oh, man I'm I'm sure it can be fun. The reason I downloaded it is because I used to have a like Windows version nice yes. in high school uh-huh. and. I saw it, it was like five bucks. So I was like, oh yeah, that night. Yeah. Really, really into it. <laughs> That's awesome. It's very really fun. I love that. But anyway, to get back on track, I wrote down the Wii being the pop culture reference, outdated pop culture reference yep. of the week. Yep. Same here. I also uh, am nominating, oh, y'all got a Wii for <laughs> quote of the week as well. <laughs> that, yeah. I don't think I wrote a quote down. I was going to check the quotes on the IMDb page, but for, as yeah. far as I'm concerned, that is... That's uh, <laughs> one of my submissions, for sure. Yeah, that is yep. a uh, a leader in, I guess, with coaches. <laughs> Where'd you come from? I was the only one I wrote down. So. <laughs> yep, that's another good one. Yeah, so kind of a comical moment that leads into a very awkward... Troubling. <laughs> troubling moment, for sure. Uh, and I did not remember this at all. Nor did but, I. Yeah. So it's just the parents. It's Mama Smash, Noel's parents, Noel and Smash left at the table. And they're like, "All right, now that it's just us, this is Noel's mom." Uh, she, she asks Mrs. Smash, "How do you feel about Smash and Noel's relationship?" Because I, for one, am not for it. Uh. Or no, she's kind of like, we don't have a problem with it, but this is Dylan and there are other people in this town that, I don't know how she words it, basically saying would have a problem with a biracial or a, a transracial relationship. Yeah. Uh, Mama, Mama Smash, I don't think agrees with Noel's parents, but hates Noel enough to be like, yep, I agree. Okay. I didn't really think about that angle. Because at first, I was like, oh, shoot. Like, this is going to be bad. Like, Mama Smash is going to let him have it. Yeah. But then, no, she, yeah, she she agrees. She agrees yeah. Which I didn't think about the fact that she just hates Noelle in general. Yeah. Maybe regardless of, yeah, what color her skin is. So, that was very surprising that Mama Smash agrees. Even more surprising to me <laughs> Was the fact that Noelle was not black or at least biracial because I just thought she was. She does look vaguely ethnic. <laughs> yes. So it, I was like, oh, oh, she's white. Okay. I guess she's white. Both of her 
parents her anyway <laughs> it was yeah. confusing it's, to me because i hadn't thought of that dynamic of the relationship up until this point and honestly like i don't know man we grew up in platt south dakota which uh, i can't imagine had i i mean and this episode aired when i was 20 so let's say it was filmed when i was 19 i can't imagine had i been 19 and brought home a person of another race that like i know for sure my mom would have been fine with it yeah you know i'm uh-huh. currently dating a person of another race yeah so, right 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 um, um i can't imagine it would have been an issue but like it's just i don't know and i guess it's probably comes from a place of it definitely comes from a place of of reality it's just unfathomable to me for somebody to even like speak like that in the open yeah that was the right? <clears throat> that was the most yeah jarring thing is just the willingness to just say listen this year yeah this transracial thing is not going to work which is yeah weird <laughs> okay the next scene we have is coach and mac mcgill they're watching game film and inexplicably Coach is listening to family advice from Mac McGill, a guy who nearly had the entire season, previous season derailed because he is an old fashioned racist. Uh, so yeah. Uh, and, and coach knows he probably shouldn't listen to Mac McGill, but I feel like to even have the conversation with Mac McGill is kind of pointless. Yeah. And Mac gets pretty misogynistic, pretty sexist. Yep. Pretty quick. Yeah, so, you know, they're talking about Tammy and daycare and her having a problem and whether she should quit her job and all that kind of stuff. Mac's terrible. Uh, we don't like... Mac is not a friend of the show. <laughs> if the guy who plays Mac wants to come on, we'll have him. You're welcome. But uh, Mac McGill, no. Uh, Coach should probably just cut his losses there yeah. with Mac McGill. But I think it's too late for that. He's... He's too... He's a Dylan institution. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, Lila and the Christian guy are really hitting it off. Yeah. They discuss Lila's journey to God Mm -hmm. or to her current position with God or her current situation with God. And she talks about how she burned her cheerleader outfit and how... Didn't she just throw it in the hotel maid's cart thing? Oh, yeah. She's a liar. Yeah, that's exactly what I said when that happened. I didn't even think I forgot about it. Oh, she didn't. Lila's lying. She just threw it away. Maybe she had like an alternate. Yeah. Like an away away team (laughs) cheerleader outfit. It might have just been her pom-poms that she chucked in the trash. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure, but I I was under the... When she said that, I was like, no, she didn't. She checked away. But anyway, yeah, burning her, her cheerleading outfit. But they're getting... They're sharing, you know, some kind of intimate details about... I did write down in my notes that Lila's co-host has big youth pastor energy, and that was a great casting decision. Oh, yeah. He nails it, for sure. <laughs> I do not like it. <laughs> it's so good <laughs> that I do not like it. But yeah, anyway, they they flirt. They clearly grow a bond, I guess you could say. Yep. Stuff's happening. 
Uh, we see Buddy. Do we know for sure? I assume this was Applebee's. Is Buddy drinking at Applebee's? It looks like Applebee's. Um, you know what? It looks like to me like a a dive bar. It did not look like the Applebee's. Really? Bar. It looked the outside, like the walls. It looked like uh, it was covered in, in like in like memorabilia and stuff that and I thought the walls looked like an Applebee's, which oh, is interesting. I, I thought it didn't. I thought it looked like a regular bar. Okay. And also I felt like it was, you know how Applebee's typically has the bar that goes all the way around. Like it's a, right. a circle or at least yeah. a, a like semicircle yeah. quarter circle. I thought it looked like that. I don't know. Anyway, sure. I think it's a safe assumption based on the, the, the previous experience of the show that was Applebee's. But anyway, Buddy is almost waxing poetic about seeing the good <laughs> in people's hearts, uh, kind of carrying on about seeing past the outside and seeing to the inside and that, yeah, we're all uh, full of love, <laughs> peace, and joy, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He kind of like, he kind of was just spouting like vague anti-racist platitudes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, about how people need to look past what's on the uh, what's on the outside and look onto the inside. Uh, he also seems to have just realized this. <laughs> right. You know, like this is just striking. Well, him. it it's like the first time he's ever talked to someone of a different ethnicity. Basically, like his interaction with the uh, with Santiago's friends. I feel like. so. Yeah, immediately turning around. So, so yeah, buddy is. Having these apparent revelations. Yeah, just a real epiphany. Uh, you about know, his, his one interaction with people of a different ethnicity is a changed man for the suddenly, time being. Yeah, he's realizing not to judge people by their outer appearance. And then he immediately follows it up by asking the people around him who are apparently just Dylan Townies. <laughs> also drowning their sorrows in either right. Applebee's or whatever other bar in Dylan. <laughs> yeah, debatable. Ask them if you had a valuable watch that was given to you by your grandfather, would you leave it in your home when a bunch of thugs are over? <laughs> uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing more uh, attempting at being covertly racist than calling people thugs. Yeah. That is the like, and maybe it wasn't at, I don't think in it was 2008, bad, 2008. Yeah. I think it was different, but yeah, the word thugs has become a real dog whistle. Yes, exactly. For uh, basically the a kind of person, person that are coming over to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Buddy real ahead of the times uh, when it comes <laughs> yeah. to racism. Uh, yeah. So buddy's a little concerned about these guys coming over. I just wanted to bring up that Lila is the reason that Santiago is in buddy's life at all and we have not seen ever since buddy took in santiago lila has been uninterested she is gone yep yep she is pretty much wash your hands of the situation her job here is done apparently and now it's all on buddy yeah yeah she is no longer interested in this person who she made her father take in basically or her father took in primarily because of her yep um, we have not seen Lila and Santiago interact since early in the season. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so, uh, I feel like, okay, 
again, might not include this. I feel like that is a, a pretty apt and accurate trajectory for a lot of Christians. Uh, you get real fired up about the, the real legit stuff at first, like, you know, taking care of people, giving them a, a, a helping hand. And then it just becomes about telling people what to do on the radio with uh, your newfound <laughs> fame and fortune, uh, yeah. which is what Lila is just doing now. She's just telling people yeah. how to live their lives and yeah, what the, the right thing to do is. So unfortunately, yeah, that, that tracks Lila's current trajectory tracks. Yes. Um, good point though. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I it occurred to me during that conversation. I was like, I need to write this down. We need a, a little sidebar because the only reason that Buddy took in Santiago, and I think it is good for the both of them, good for Santiago because he yep. has he has a a family, so to speak, and he has football yep. now, which he likes. Yep, some that, stability. Yep, yeah, some stability. So and yeah, now that his old life has come calling, he still has that. Um. And we'll get into that in a, in a moment. The uh, something we've talked about a lot uh, previously, but Anthony will get political again shortly. But now, yeah, Lila <laughs> is uh, completely uninterested in the situation. We have not seen them interact, and I don't know that we ever see them interact ever again. Yeah, no, and not that I know of. And this season gets cut short, and so I assume a lot of storylines just suddenly disappear. So. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. odds of Lila and Santiago uh, crossing paths again is pretty low. Yeah. Uh, we do see Tammy and coach once again uh, going over the daycare situation. We can tell Tammy's feeling pretty guilty about the whole thing because coach doesn't really have a problem. He's pretty understanding. Yeah. Uh, I think Tammy gets, I wrote down, she's preemptively defensive. <laughs> yes. Like, she is going out of her way to be defensive before coach even says anything really. Yeah. I think she's feeling some, some shame and accusation within herself for not being able to do it. And is kind of projecting that onto coach <laughs> in a way, yeah. but eventually coach kind of suggests that Tammy take a leap of absence, which Tammy does not take very well. She says she's put in too much work. She's too involved with all these kids to just take a leap of absence to be mm -hmm. with her child, which, I mean, she did take the normal in 2008 America maternity leave. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, she, she's pretty offended by the idea. Julie is very uncomfortable. He's <laughs> like, are you guys fighting? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which it was kind of confusing what was going on, but yeah, Julie's not loving the situation, but then, uh, in the midst of the quasi fight that they're having, the doorbell rings. Here comes Buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's Buddy. Uh, he is dropping off a box of his valuables. <laughs> yeah. In um, the words of Tammy Baby Taylor, Ruth autograph baseball, his grandfather's watch. Right. Yeah, the important stuff. In the words of Tammy Taylor, Buddy's here. He has a box. <laughs> uh, Buddy's brought all his prized possessions. He he wants the Taylor's advice because they always know what to do, but he really doesn't let them talk, which is kind of a buddy move. He just kind of spills his guts, and then 
it's it's kind of what was the situation where he was basically talking coach oh the laundromat yeah uh, where where he's trying to get coach's advice but he's really not actually letting coach talk at all but um pop quiz hot shot this would be fun yeah <laughs> read my mind <laughs> um if <laughs> i don't want to frame this in buddy's mind because it's it's pretty messy but What's in your box of valuables that uh, if you knew that somebody was coming to rob your house somehow, but you can't stop it, hmm. what are the, let's say, five things you put in a box uh, to bring over to your own personal coach, Taylor, yeah. to um, to ensure that it, it remains with you? Yeah, that's good. So these are things that would, for the most part, be the most uh, monetarily valuable, but also, I mean, sentimental value also factors into it. Mm-hmm. Like it's gotta be something somebody would want to steal. Yeah. Um, but like that pocket watch for buddy yeah. isn't necessarily the most like expensive pocket watch in the world, but it was his grandfather. It's got okay. too much sentimental value. Yep. Um, well, the first thing I think of are my musical instruments, namely my, Acoustic guitar I got for Christmas last year, which is kind of like my holy grail guitar that I always wanted. Um, so it's a pretty expensive guitar that I feel like would catch people's eye and would be pretty easy to walk off with as well. So my Gibson J45 uh, that I got for Christmas from my wife slash my uh, with money my dad left for me when he passed. He always intended to buy me that guitar. Uh, before he passed. So that would be my number one. Hmm. We don't have a lot of experience. Do you want to alternate? Because I am having a hard time coming up with five as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go. Um, So my number one, I'm going to go the Buddy Root. Um, I don't have a Babe Ruth autographed baseball, but I do have a Pete Rose autographed baseball. So I think (laughs) that would be, um, I'm going to put that at the top of my list. Nice. Yeah. From Vegas, right? Yeah. That's one for me. When I met Pete Rose. (laughs) <laughs> made the plot enterprise for that one. Uh, if this was 2008, uh, I would probably need to include my brand new Wii I got for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2020 though. So not that valuable, but since this was filmed in 2008, I think if, 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 if a thief busted into your house and saw the Wii, they'd be like, ah, let's just leave that. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. Yeah. It's got like the, all the like, the wire with the sensor that you said that you'd yeah. have to like wrap up. Maybe if you have whatever Super Smash Brothers came out for Wii, um, uh-huh. wouldn't have been Melee. It would have been the one after that. But right. maybe they would have taken that because that's a, I think that goes for a pretty penny. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Brawl. I think that was. Brawl. That's what it was. Yep. Super Smash Brothers Brawl. No, I don't have that. Um. Man, I can't think of much else. I mean, other than that, it'd just be like my MacBook, you know, like right. kind of some technology stuff. I wouldn't worry about like my big TV or anything, A, because it's not actually worth that much, even though it's super nice. Um, and B, it'd be pretty hard to walk off with it. So, yeah, yeah. I guess my MacBook um, yeah. that I'm recording on right now would probably be <laughs> one of them. You know, if they if they got digging through stuff and found my John Morant rookie cards <laughs> that I've recently uh, invested in, yeah. uh, those are worth some money. Yeah, but, we could say like a box of cards counts as one item. 
Okay, yeah. I'll allow that. You could, yeah. They, they could walk off with a lot of money then, potentially, once this all pans out exactly like I know it's going to when I make a ton of money <laughs> and it was all worth it. All the eBay purchases I've made, uh, right. I can justify to my wife. Uh, yeah, that would probably be one of them. I think, yeah, my MacBook would be one for sure. Um, I think my autographed Bob Dole photo. <laughs> Fetty's Ashes. You have Fetty's ashes. Yes, yeah. nice. I don't think I don't think any thief would steal that. But, but if maybe, they did, that would be yeah, yeah, big deal. So that's where sentimental. That's value. yeah, like theoretically, if somebody yeah. busted in, it'd be um, devastating. Oh my god! Um, now that I have suddenly just thought of this, <laughs> my fifth thing I suppose would be probably my rookie of the year Jordan ones. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a good call. Sneakers in general. I did especially not think those. of sneakers until number five. <laughs> I was like, I don't have that much stuff that somebody would want to steal. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> probably one of the more commonly stolen things <laughs> that you could own. Yeah, that's good. Size 13, those suckers. You can, yeah, <laughs> good luck. Uh, I don't have this at my house. I keep it at my mom's house because I have no reason to have it here. But um, my I do have a 12-gauge shotgun that's been passed down from my grandpa to my dad to me. Uh, that would, A, be something that, yeah, people might walk off with. And, B, be something that has vast sentimental value to me. Right, yeah. Even though I haven't, like, used it in the last, yeah, like, right. three to five years. I don't think it's been used. But that would still be... Something of value that would also be mm-hmm. devastating if it <laughs> was sure. stolen. So, good question. Yeah. yeah. I don't have a pocket watch, but I do have my grandpa's old knife collection. And he was in the, he was in the army, like, in the early 50s, late 40s, early 50s. So, he was, like, stationed in Germany and all across Europe. So, he kind of, like, got pocket knives from all these different places. I do have come to think of it I'll, I'll add just two things um, that are worth it now that I'm thinking about it that you talked about like sentimental like passed down stuff mm-hmm. is I have this horse that's made of I'm going to guess brass um, that was my grandpa's and I think he got it from his either father or his grandfather yeah. um, that like I remember when I was a kid he was like when I die this is yours and now that I have it I have it just like they had it above you know in the cupboards above in the kitchen. And then, um, I, this isn't mine yet, but it will be because my mom is my grandpa's firstborn and I am my mother's firstborn, mm-hmm. but my grandfather died in 2017 and he was military. So yep. he had a full military and we have a letter signed by president Donald J. Trump. What? <laughs> Um, that was sent like it's like a pre-written letter, but it's signed. It's it's, signed. it's actually autographed yeah. by by uh, Donald Trump. That is no mine way. eventually. So, what was the like, letter for? Like just recognition? It just, yeah, it was just like a. It's I think they're like pre-made for when somebody lifelong military, you know, gets the military funeral, dies, and yeah. it's signed by just whoever the president happens to be at the time, and huh. so. You got 45. All right. Yeah. <laughs> as, it, as it happens. <laughs> nice. I mean, still cool though. Still. Right. Still, still president. Yeah. Yeah. I nice. met a president and we'll eventually have another president's autograph. So there you go. 
And we we saw a president with a fake yes. sniper on the roof. Yes, um, with Tim Prager. <laughs> Mitchell Main Street, yeah. So Smash and Mama Smash, they're not seeing eye to eye. They're not really talking currently. They yeah, kind of get into it eye. a little bit about what went down at Noel's house. We just see a little a little piece of that there. Matt <laughs> steps in, knocks on Car- Carlota's door, and she is getting ready for a quinceanera. I probably said that incorrectly. <laughs> yep, quinceanera. Quinceanera. Uh-huh. Which is a birthday party. F- yep, 15-year-old um, birthday party. Once again, my five-year-old, very excited about this because she is uh, of Mexican heritage. Right. And so we told her, like, hey, this is your culture. You're going to get one of these. And she was pretty excited <laughs> based upon the little bit of the quinceanera that we see yeah. in this episode. She, uh, Carlota, she decides to invite Matt along. And at the party, they share a pretty intimate dance. Uh, Matt tells her that he doesn't want her to leave. And she says, I don't want to leave either, but my family needs me. So this is where we know she's not making excuses. Yeah. She genuinely doesn't want to leave. She is into Matt, but not only does Matt say he doesn't want to go, he doesn't want her to go. He tells her that he loves her. Yeah, he does say that. And yeah. I think he says that you love me or something like that. Like I she never really it uh confirms the reciprocal uh love. But it's implied. Feelings. Yeah, it's implied. She for sure. she says she doesn't want to leave either. Yeah. And yeah, I wish we would have gotten the actual like what the family emergency is, like why her family needs her because mm-hmm. It must be serious if she is also feeling this way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, kind of a bummer that we don't get more of Matt and Carlota. I mean, it's a weird relationship, but yeah. I could have gone. I could have gone for that. I could have yeah. gone for that. I, I would have been interested to see that go a little further. Yeah. It would have been interesting. Yeah. It would have been interesting to see like how the high school student with the. <laughs> in-home nurse relationship becomes legitimate and yeah. plays out, but wasn't to be, she's got a head last. Yep. Um, throughout the whole thing, I just made a note that Matt was pretty goofus, malufus throughout the whole for sure situation. For sure. Um, but that goofus malufus ness, I think was rooted out of like a genuine, genuine feelings and trying to, you know, convey and express those feelings, um, in an authentic and honest way. So it was, uh, it was an endearing goofus moment. moment, So we got a a small scene smash and his sister are going to go to the movies. Not too much else. Smash is just kind of volunteered to take his sister to the movies. It seems like it's a, just a a kind act, but we find out here shortly that there's maybe some selfishness in it. Yep. There's some ulterior motives. We get a scene with buddy and Santiago. Santiago's buddies are going to be, I keep saying that, which is confusing. Santiago's friends are going to be coming over. His pals. And um, Santiago says, maybe I need to go pick up some stuff for when they come. He's obviously very uncomfortable 
that this yeah, is happening. Yeah, he doesn't want this to happen. Buddy is feeling like the worst kind of like white guilt. So he decides to like, and we we don't know for sure. I don't think we had seen his apartment in too much detail prior to yeah. this. Other than but that, he it was is sad. <laughs> not only returning his values, his valuables to his apartment, but he is like putting them on display. Yeah. Yeah. Like check this out, Santiago. Uh, yeah. This is, yeah. It's my Babe Ruth autograph baseball. And I trust you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll get into the, we'll get into that situation more, but I had some questions about it yeah. for sure. But, but he gives him, but he gives Santiago some cash to, yeah, go get some party supplies. Yeah. Which at this point, we just assume that it's going to be pizza and a movie as previously indicated. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about this here yeah. shortly because I've got a lot of questions about <laughs> what this little get together comes to be. Yeah. What happened but here? But we'll, yeah, we'll, 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 get, we'll there. get there. Once again, coach and Tammy are talking about the Gracie daycare situation. They have a real heart to heart about it. Yeah. Have coach a says, conversation over a glass of wine. Yep. Coach tells her, you're not quitting your job. Um, you're real good at it. It's normal to have separation anxiety. You're, you're good at your job, and you're a hell of a hot wife. Yes, so. and he is correct. I did write that down, um, that he told Tammy that she's one hell of a hot wife, and he is correct. Yeah, yeah. Coach is right on. Coach also happened to read a study about <laughs> how daycare is good for social development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he says, yeah, you're, we're, we're going to do the, the, do the daycare thing and yeah. it's going to be good for Gracie. Yeah. She needs to interact with human beings. <laughs> it was great how he framed it too. Like something along the lines of like, I was just on the internet and <laughs> <laughs> this is what I read, which feels very on brand for coach. Like, oh Yeah. <laughs> Apparently they write about these things. You can find information <laughs> about this on the World Wide Web. And this is what I found out. So, so they they settle on it. Gracie's going to daycare. Tammy's going to continue in her job. That's that. Uh, we the, you know the the size of Dylan continues to escape us. I'm I've got to say sixty thousand tops with with two theaters and one high school with. Spoiler alert, another high school coming into town in the next, um, you know, because Rapid City is 70,000. How many high schools does Rapid City have? At least two, Central and Stevens. Yeah, for sure, Central and Stevens, like the, oh, and St. Thomas More, so three. Right, right. Because that's like Aberdeen, Aberdeen has... Aberdeen and Aberdeen Ron Colley, right? Or do they have a third? Okay. Because Ron, Ron Colley is a, a, a Catholic private school, I know for sure. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we'll, we'll say, let's say Dylan's 60,000. I don't know how they can sustain two movie theaters and only one high school, but apparently they can. And apparently one is on the other side of town from where the Smash family lives. Um, turns out that Smash went to that theater to 
go to the movie with Noel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what Noel's Noel's lie is late practice. Smash as he's taking Sister Smash. Yeah, he uh the, the secret gets revealed because he orders two two popcorns and three drinks. <laughs> Brian. Um the once again, it's 2008. The there's like teenagers in the lobby of this other side of town theater that are making eyes about the interracial couple in the lobby. They're like pissed. Yeah. About the interracial club uh, couple in the lobby. I guess, I don't know what West Texas was like in 2008. It's, I, it's hard for, I feel like it's hard for us to judge because in Platte, South Dakota, uh, if there had been an African American male, he would have no other choice, but, Right. White uh, girlfriends. Um, so I guess it's hard for us to tell, but it's it does seem. It seems overly, but maybe it's not overly it, it, unrealistic. It seems overly unrealistic to me, but also. Think, yeah. The last few years have shown us that we're a lot farther behind exactly. the times than we previously exactly. thought we were exactly. as a as a country as a whole. So, mm-hmm. um, yes, these these other high school students in the lobby of the theater are not happy to see a transracial yeah. relationship uh, in their part of town. So we know at this point that we're in for some real nasty. Uh, gross. Yeah, something stuff. Yeah, not not right. Yep. But back at Buddy's apartment. <laughs> um, we yeah, talk we're about this because we're gonna have to get into it. I'm confused about the movie idea because to me that seemed like like Buddy planned it. Buddy is nowhere to be seen. For yeah, what's going on? And it has turned into a full on. It's apparently a Thursday night. It is a like house party in this apartment. I don't know what the other tenants in the apartment building are thinking because the music is bumping. Yep. So and there's clearly trying to turn it down, but it's going. Yeah. There's clearly other noises going on. There's a mess being made. There's fights happening. Yeah. Like wh- where is buddy? I think is the question. Yeah. Did my only thought is like, is he trying to be the cool parental figure and be like, all right, you guys have fun. I'm just going to, you know, go make right. myself busy somewhere else. I, I kind of wish I had watched the deleted scenes now, like just in hopes that there's a scene <laughs> of Buddy. Yeah. Like maybe two scenes of Buddy, like one where he's like, all right, well, you guys have fun. I'm out for the next two hours. <laughs> and then maybe another one where he's like trying to spend time with like Buddy Jr. and Lila. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh while this is going on. But either way, it's it's turned into a full on party. We're talking um, you know, like damaged picture frames and uh <laughs> right. the obvious missing memorabilia and beer bottles all over, music playing loud, fights happening. Yeah. 
on a Thursday night, no less. <laughs> Santiago is obviously very distressed by all this happening. Yeah. He does not want this. He is, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he he knows he, he has a good thing going in that even if Buddy is a real sleazeball at times, like, you know, this is in his, his best interest and whatnot. And yeah. this is not the direction he wants things heading. So, um, but yeah, the, the party is raging on regardless. Back at the movie theater, there are some, a handful of douchebags who are making disparaging comments towards, and this is also another thing that I'm like, having grown up in a small town who had to go to the next town over or three towns over to go see a movie (laughs) Uh and was frequently like, by the time I was probably 17, 18 was pretty comfortable going driving that hour to go see a movie by myself. Yeah. Seeing this, like these, these douchebags, like, mocking and harassing a girl for seeing a movie by herself. Um, and it's clearly racially motivated, right. but like in a bad, like in, I mean, in a worse way than it normally even would be like, it's right. very like racially, but also like sexual harassment. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about like jungle fever yeah, and, and all that stuff. And sister <clears throat> smash kind of like makes a point to be like, my brother's right there. Mm-hmm. And in the darkened theater, uh, apparently these white douchebags can somehow tell that Noel is white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe they saw them in the lobby with the rest of right, the racist yeah. high school douchebags. I don't know. But and yeah. they're saying like, oh, your brother is with white people. Do you put out to white people too? <laughs> and it's just really questionable. And Smash finally gets up. And eventually throws punches after an mm. after an altercation, and I don't think he's in the wrong. No, I'm completely supportive of the uh, the violence. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> uh, yeah, he threw punches when punches need to be thrown, and shortly the, uh, thereafter, they walk out of the movie theater. This was we talked earlier about. You made the joke about Area 51 daycare. <laughs> and I said there's yeah. an oddly named thing later in the movie. Did you happen to? Or in the show, did you have to catch the movie that they went to see? I did not. <laughs> so as they're walking out of the movie theater, there's a illuminated poster outside the door. The movie that they went to see is called Mussolini Boulevard. <laughs> Mussolini Boulevard. I'm currently Googling it. To just not a joke. If it's a real movie or not. I almost snapped you, but I wanted to make it a surprise. <laughs> Mussolini Boulevard. So this is obviously 100% uh, just cover for Smash and Noel to make out in the theater. They do not care what is on the screen in front of them. Mussolini Boulevard. It is not an actual movie. I Googled it. (laughs) Nothing came up. So, (laughs) Wow. Uh, Interesting choice. Why wouldn't they just pick like Fast and Furious 3 or something. Uh, that would have been two years prior. <laughs> I knew I'd get it wrong. 
<laughs> and I knew you'd know. <laughs> Let's see. Late 2007, early 2008, they could have gone to see... Fast and Furious 4 would have come out till 2011. Fast and... Okay, so it's 2008? Yeah. Yeah, they could have seen... The only movie they could have seen... Well, they couldn't really see any movie in 2008 slash 2007 because Tokyo Drift came out in 2006. As I said. Yep. Fast and Furious. The fourth one came out. Fast and Furious came out in 2009. So they were in a non-Fast and Furious. So I was two years off from the fourth. Yeah. Like, obviously, NBC Universal owns the Fast and the Furious also because that's a universal franchise. So they, they totally could have. They could, but, but the just thing is, at, the at, at that time, yeah, like it was, uh, it was a, a, frankly, a floundering franchise. Yeah. Because Tokyo Fast and Drift. the Furious 3 was not, yeah, Tokyo Drift was not a, the idea that the, the core four cast members would come back for a reunion in 2009 was, unheard of even in early <laughs> yeah. 2008 there's no yeah indication of that so um and now there's no end in sight that's correct and and we love to see it i love <laughs> yeah it. i gotta catch up but i'm at least yeah i'm totally in support of it uh are you um, back on there hobbs and shaw yeah hobbs and shaw i could have done without but the oh man i will never stop seeing the like core movies and theaters, but I love the rock. So I hope he comes back to the core movies, <laughs> but um, man, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm really blanking on like what would have been in theaters in late 2007, early 2008. I really want to play like human IMDB, but you keep trying. I'm, I'm looking it up. <clears throat> I just searched top movies, 2007. So, I mean, like, No Country for Old Men would have still been in theaters. Uh, like, There Will Be Blood still would have been in theaters in January yeah. 2008. Uh, Atonement would have still been in theaters in January 2008. I'm trying to think of, like, what... Like, because January, January is always, like, a dump month. So, like, what would have Smash been seeing? Like, maybe Norbit? No, that would have been January 2007. <laughs> Norbit. Just thinking like, uh, like the crap movies that would have come out in January, but Norbit was definitely January 2007. And because that, that was a movie that would have cost um, Eddie Murphy because he was up for an Oscar for Dreamgirls, which came out in late 2006. But January 2007, Norbit came out and they argued that that was what cost him the Oscar. He lost to oh, Ellen really? Arkin, yeah, for Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, so I should. should should I look for movies in 2008 or 2007? Yeah, like January 2008. Coincidentally, the number one movie of 2008 was a movie that I saw in Austin, Texas in theater. I'll get to that in a second. Interesting. Uh, movies. I got to think about what would have been the number one movie of 2008. Man, I used to, like, three years ago, you asked me about this. Like, yeah. I would have been sharp. I, I, I'm, I'm starting to lose it. <clears throat> So I'm on movieinsider.com, January 2008 movies. Boy, yeah, these are not great. Yeah, dude, January and February are dump months. That's that's their like thing. That's yep. when the like people are basically either watching like the the Oscar movies or watching the the trash movies that right. they put out in the early part of the year. So, okay. Here we go. Give me a cast member, like one cast member. 
Here's a rom-com. Catherine Heigl rom-com. Uh, the Ugly Truth. No, but I did see that was right around that time. Yeah. Uh, I think that came out a little bit later. Uh, uh, it was, um, was Ashton Kutcher in it too? I don't believe so. James Marsden. Marsden. Ooh, Marsden, yeah. Oh, man, I can picture it, but I can't. Yep. I can't get to it. 27 Dresses. Oh, yeah. I could see I could see Smash taking Noni and <laughs> for sure and Noel to that movie to make uh, out yeah this is the second one is give one me, of those crappy like member. parody movies you know how mm-hmm. they used to do like, meet the Spartans know, yes meet the Spartans is I exactly knew it right yep I knew it. yeah as soon as you said parody movie I was trying to think because day movie was two thousand six and by that point I remember um, my best friend's now ex wife um, bought. Meet the Spartans on Blu-ray. Oh, and whenever I think of that movie, I think of her buying that movie. I love her to death. <laughs> Jess, if you're listening to this, I love you and you know that. Um, you're still a very close friend to me. You're still very dear to me. But whenever I think of, like, Blu-ray was brand new. Like, I remember walking into Walmart in, like, mid-2008 and seeing Blu-rays being sold for $36. <laughs> And knowing that she bought Meet the Spartans on Blu-ray for $36 <laughs> makes Woof. me I snapped her once and was like, remember when you bought this movie when it was brand new on Blu-ray when it was like 36 <laughs> bucks? And she did not take to it kindly, which is fair. Yeah. Okay, a couple more mm-hmm. that I think you'll get. Uh, this movie is a found footage film. Can you give me a, a cast member? Oh, Cloverfield. Never yep. mind. Cloverfield. Yeah. Yes. I definitely saw that movie in the Mitchell Theater. Same. Oh, talk about one of the great theatrical experiences is right? going to see Transformers in the theater and getting that trailer. Oh, yeah. Remember they yes, didn't yes, even yes. give the title? Yes. I saw that trailer in the Orange City Theater, but yes. Yeah. That, yep. They didn't even give the title. They just gave the release date. And everybody thought they said, like, I saw it. It's a lion. Remember, that was like a thing that was like the theory yes. that it was like a, a lion monster. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Here's another movie that came out in January 2008. This is a Josh and Anthony legacy movie. Like, it's one that we watched in the prime of okay. our our heyday, I would say. I would say our, the prime of our heyday is now. But Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, a movie that we watched together at my house in Orange City. We kind of had a series of movies that we watched. Uh-huh. <laughs> it might have been. No, I don't think it was The Night of the Lamar's Pub Crawl. Okay. But it's in that vein. Can you give me one cast member? You'll get it right away. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. I'm thinking the wrong person. I do not know any of these names. On the cast. Is it the human centipede? <laughs> it's no, it's not the human centipede, but it's a movie in the same is it, vein. Is it teeth? It's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Vagina dental. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Apparently that movie came out in January 2008. I do not think that Smash <laughs> no. was at teeth. They definitely weren't making out during teeth. No. Um, other notable movies 
one movie that I know is a bad movie that I actually like on this list is Rambo. I thought mm-hmm. this Rambo movie was a good one. The last I, good one. I own that movie on Blu-ray and I have not yet watched it, but I will. It's eventually. good. It gets Rambo right, in my opinion. Like in the way that it they my kill plan, like 100 people in two minutes. My plan for... Uh, 2021 is to watch all the rainbow movies and it like i'm trying to do what my my uh trajectory so far has been classic movie followed by like super campy fun movie uh-huh so i watched the godfather one and then i watched money plane have you watched money plane yet no oh it's on hulu you gotta watch it um yeah. fraser goes completely oh yeah yeah, great. Yeah. yeah 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 and then i watched godfather 2 and then I watched Swim Fan. Those are my four movies I've so far watched oh, in, yeah. in 2021. I saw you so. commenting on Swim Fan. Uh, okay. So I think we should actually look at Dece- December of 2007 movies mm-hmm. and just assume that they're still playing. Classic month. Absolutely. Okay. Like yes. all-time great month as far as film it's goes. It's pretty Double impressive. Blood, Atonement, yep. No Country for Old Men opened in November. So what if it's still been playing in, in December? In Let's, the Wild still would have been playing. Yep. Let me, how about this? How about I read kind of the top movies and we decide which one Smash would be most likely to be at right. Noel and Noni. There will be blood. I can't see Smash. At no that. way. Youth without. Youth. Youth. Yep. Youth without youth. Francis Ford Coppola movie. No chance. Nope. Uh, I am legend. Yes, that's it. That's an, that's an option, but there's more. There's definitely other ones that could be. Uh, aliens versus Predator. That one's very possible. <laughs> oh, but it's Alien versus Predator two. Requiem, yeah, it's, right. Yeah, it's so, the second one. Yep. Sweeney Todd would have been playing at the same time. Uh, National Treasure, Book of Secrets. They could totally Ooh, get yeah. that. Uh, Revolver. I'm not familiar with that. I'm gonna assume Smash. I think that would have been a Guy Ritchie movie. It looks. <laughs> the cover looks like a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. Uh, P.S. I love you. That's Gerard Butler and Hagel, yep. right? Yep. <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks. Honestly, no I could way. see I could see Smash with his sister at that. Yeah. But, uh, but, but well, probably the, not. Not only as the cover, but if yeah. Yes. It's that's the thing. This is a cover movie mm-hmm. so that they can make out. Uh The Great Debaters, Charlie Maybe. Wilson's War. No way. The Golden Compass. Nope. The Kite Runner. Um the Moguls, the perfect holiday, Grace is Gone, Moonlight. Uh, Different Moonlight on. than the one that won Oscar. Okay. I was going to say, that doesn't seem like it's the right timeline. Uh, what? Oh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> was that 2007? <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Juno. I missed Juno Ooh. in there. Yeah. Which they could totally be at Juno, because I feel yeah. like if you're a high schooler in 2008 or yeah. 2007... I remember that was the weekend. So there was a weekend in, it would have been like December 20th, right? That, uh, er, maybe it was like early January that Carter and I went to Minneapolis and we went and saw Juno. No, we went and saw Atonement in like an indie theater in Minneapolis. Wow. And then we went and saw Juno in Aberdeen. So yeah, it must've been January 2008, but yeah. Um, I'm going to say either I Am Legend or what was the other blockbuster that was in there? 
National Treasure. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna say National Treasure or I Am Legend. I am le- uh, I am Legend was PG-13. I was gonna say was that yeah. R? So then they wouldn't be able to get into. Get, oh well, he'd be old enough. I definitely saw both of those movies in the big theater in Mitchell. I'm I I think National Treasure is the yeah would be the safest bet. That seems like a movie that a high schooler would go yeah. to and bring his younger sister to. Well, the fact is they went to see Moose and the Bullfart, actually. Is what they we're, well, we're, we're rewriting this because that, nope. <laughs> I just don't think that's the case. But uh, so and shout out to Angie because she was the one who caught, like I had to rewind. And like I said, I almost snapped you because I was like, I don't know what's going on in Dillon, Texas in late 2007, but <sighs> Mussolini Boulevard is <laughs> oh lit up. And like as they walk out the door. So it's not even like one of the movies playing. It is the it, it movie is that, that they one. are at, the movie that they're seeing. Yeah, Smash just wanted to make out. Back at uh, Buddy's place, the party's over. Santiago is furiously cleaning up. We have no idea, once again, where Buddy is. Right. Um, no. He apparently just up and just said, you guys go watch a, or watch a movie <laughs> on my television. I'm going to go do whatever. Um, as Santiago is furiously cleaning up, he notices that Buddy's... Um, Pocket watch is missing. Right. His grandfather's pocket watch. Yes. Heirloom. (laughs) Right. It's gone. And he's got to make this right immediately. So he goes and confronts. uh, Apparently his name is Devin. I have in my notes. I don't really know when I picked that up. But at some point, (laughs) found out his name was Devin. I don't know either because I literally only have him listed as Santiago's friend. Yeah. For... I think it was maybe mentioned once. Oh, it was it was when Santiago was introducing all of his friends to Buddy. Uh, I I remember Devin. I also remember Rayshon was one of <laughs> one of his friends. Uh, so he goes and confronts Devin. Devin is kind of. I mean, it's been obvious throughout this whole episode that he's very skeptical and unsupportive of Santiago's current living situation with yeah. Buddy. Once again, a situation where. Anthony gets political. <laughs> uh, Devin is in a situation which is very real, where he was presumably brought up in a low-income household. He has been through juvie a number of times, just like Santiago has. It's kind of implied that they come from similar backgrounds. Santiago, of course, was taken in by Buddy. Devin was not brought in by a buddy character. So the mindset of Devin is you got a break. I didn't, Um, you know, it's kind of a, an unfortunate situation because it puts Santiago into a mindset where he looks at it and says, Oh yeah. Like I should continue this life track that I was on and it's 
it's tough for me as a person who was brought up in a relatively low income household mm-hmm. uh, to bring up because I have a lot of privileges and right. um, as we've kind of discussed off <laughs> podcast, <laughs> like in a pretty considerable position of privilege with my income and my ethnicity. So like, mm-hmm. So for me, like I can 100% see both sides of this because Devin's been dealt a pretty crap hand and Santiago was previously dealt a pretty crap hand, but fell into more or less some luck because he sort of connected with Lila. So right, it's a continuing, I think, commentary on both mindsets. Where um, something you wouldn't find in a lot of, once again, what I find so special about this program, even in like the depths of the worst season of the show, mm-hmm. where we see some interesting perspectives from, from both sides that I understand. You know, Devin has mm-hmm. been through it, and I frankly can't blame him for... Um, trying to take advantage of a situation that he has been put in, but also Santiago is taking advantage of a situation that he's been put in and wants to defend the person who has been, even though we know that Buddy is a sleazebag on the whole, he has been (laughs) kind enough to take in Santiago. Mm -hmm. Um, So he wants to defend Buddy's, you know, honor in doing what he's doing. So yeah, it's, it's a very fascinating, like, show of how things are not in almost anything like black and white things are yeah there's so many shades of gray in pretty much everything in life right and he's Devin specifically points out and says to Santiago in the midst of kind of their confrontation and (laughs) physical tussle that they get into that if it wasn't for football, Buddy wouldn't care about you. What he doesn't know is he's also using Santiago to uh, ingratiate himself with his uh, estranged daughter and mm-hmm. stick it to his ex-wife. But he's not, I mean, he's really not wrong about that. Right. <laughs> you know, that's true. But that doesn't yeah. make it like any, that doesn't like make it wrong for Santiago to use that as a you know step up in a way yeah. to further you know uh further his situation in life so <laughs> it's like he's not wrong but at the same time santiago's not wrong for yeah for it either yeah for following the situation that he has and it's yeah it's such a fascinating to me depiction of of the many shades of gray uh, that there are, like I said, man, there, there's so many things that are, are so not black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, there's, there's very few shows that I know of that depict such situations in such a realistic light. Yeah. When I was a youth pastor for high school kids, I always like thought like, man, it'd be so cool to watch this with high school students and use it as a means to discuss some of these things. Never could have actually pulled it off because it's, right. You know, <laughs> that wouldn't have gone over super well with some of the subject matter and all that. But right. I do think it it deals with very real situations in a pretty honest and yeah. eye-opening way. Because 
Yeah. I put myself in Devin's shoes and I 100% see where he's coming from. Like now do I look at, you know, theft as a way to go about that? No. Right. But I can see where if you've been dealt so many crap hands in your life, where you would turn to that, like right. that's what, what, what poverty basically forces you to turn to. Right. And that's, you know, it's just like Tyra's mom last season when mm-hmm. we talked about, yeah. like there's so many factors against so many people who are, that I frankly can't relate to, but I can at least empathize with, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I've never been in that situation. I can't imagine myself in that situation, but it's also because I have been put in such a position that has allowed me to not ever be put in that position. Probably ever. Right. You know, like, so I, I think, I think that's so important for, for people to see those depictions. And I think it's so important that the show does that. And does it get through to everybody? Probably not. <laughs> That's but, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, but but it's it's so important to depict that because it's I don't know. I think it's so important to to try to put yourself in the shoes of others and mm-hmm. and try to understand what they're going through because you know we have we have so many people, especially nowadays, that get so upset. They get so mad at people who are so much less fortunate than them. And they they refuse to even consider putting themselves in in those shoes. And mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, once again, as as a person of considerable privilege, and like I said, as as we've talked about, kind of off mm-hmm. uh, off public record, you know, like man, I am so blessed. Like I am unbelievably blessed comparatively and i can't imagine just being upset with people less fortunate than me i really can't (laughs) like i it's just it's borderline impossible for me to think about like being mad at people that are less fortunate than me i just i don't get it yeah this 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 show does a great job i (laughs) i even wonder like did the writers intend to show this in a way that we're interpreting it as no, you're right. Yeah, I I don't even know, but I think it captured, it still captured something uh, important and valuable. So no, that's a, yeah, that's good perspective. Yeah. It's a very complicated situation. You know, Mm -hmm. buddy, buddy Garrity is definitely operating out of a white savior mentality. Uh, Santiago is doing what he can to, get himself out of the situation that he was in that landed yeah. him in a boy's, a boy's home, a state right. boy's Honestly, home. just like appreciative for the opportunity, but also like being tempted by the person who once again, like Tyra's mom in last season saying, what do you think you're better than me? Right. Yeah. Because well, I haven't been given the opportunities that you've been given. You think you're better than me. And that's, I mean, honestly, that's a, a a tempting proposition to be brought back into crappy behavior. Yeah. And I can't help but think that, you know, Buddy Garrity is 
you know, kind of seen as almost the oppressor <laughs> in the situation. Absolutely. And Santiago is selling out to kind of hitch his wagon right to that. There's there's know. there's so many layers to yeah. this. I mean this you know, this small section of this <laughs> insignificant episode. I mean you right. You talk about the you talk about the entirety of Friday Night Lights. Where does who do you think you are rank, you know, as far as episodes go, but there, well, I mean, but here we are, you know, um, as of this recording, we're three and a half hours into <laughs> it. And we're, we're discussing this moment for, yeah, yeah, for an extended yeah. amount of time, you know, like, mm-hmm. I think that says so much about the show itself that this insignificant part of this overall insignificant episode mm-hmm has caused so much discussion and, and so much of what, what we have come to realize that we love about this show is how realistic its depictions are. And, you know, I don't know that the writers thought this much about it. They, I mean, you know, like, right. yeah, I think that's what's, uh, you know, I think our listeners in the West Indies, this is what, this is the content that they're listening to and listening for. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, Santiago himself, not a particularly important character in the overall grand yeah. scheme of Friday Night Lights, but definitely important uh, for this conversation, for this episode. Also, it appears that he is going to kill kill a man. How I could just kill a man right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Santiago says, I'm going to you know get, get the watch back. Devin says, no, you're not. He rushes into the house. There's a tussle. The last we see before what is what I'm going to presume for my DVD, a commercial break is Santiago with his knee on Devin's neck. <clears throat> yeah, and like doing like a rage scream to the skies. Yes, uh, and it was a commercial break on Hulu because I couldn't find my freaking DVD remote because my kids always take the remotes and put them around the house. I'm going to tell so you, I, you know, I'm moving an hour closer to you and Benny Kenny. Uh, <laughs> next time I see him, he'll whip him into shape. It's going to be, yeah. Fists are going to uh, be thrown. Yeah. He is fully mobile now up and walking. So oh, it well, very well could have been him. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> uh, yes. It was a commercial break though. Injure a child. I promise. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I just want to clarify. Uh, I'm going to assume that he doesn't actually kill him, but we don't know for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, we we I don't think we ever see Devin again. And uh, Santiago returns to Buddy's home later in the episode, uh, bruised but still kicking. So yeah, we don't yeah, know that yeah. Devin is uh, alive or dead. But uh, we we then see Smash and Sister Smash. They're driving home. Smash acknowledges to Sister Smash that he shouldn't have left her alone, um, but he also begs her not to tell Mama Smash. Yeah, they're both extremely upset from the whole um, encounter, but yeah. yeah, don't don't tell Mama Smash. She can't know that Noel and Smash are still together, but right. But that was uh, yeah, and I got to think that if she knows that she put that Smash put. Uh, sister smash in that situation. <laughs> That's yeah, not going to go well yeah. with mama. 
Uh, we see Tim listening to Lila on the radio. So Lila's late at night. We don't know what her, I, I want to know what Lila's hours are because she said is, something about 4 a.m. Didn't she say something about four? Like when she went to confront Tim, yeah. like, uh, 4 a.m. But then also like, I don't know. It's, it's so it's, it's dark out. I don't know why Tim would be awake at 4 a.m. Unless he's right. on a bender, but it didn't seem like it. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's driving. So, um, I mean, Tim Riggin is is irresponsible, but not yeah. like that. Like four a.m. on a weeknight, irresponsible. Like that's <laughs> Tim Riggins is on another level, but that's another level. level. Right. <laughs> right. Uh. So, but he's listening to Lila on the radio, and it and also where he goes at the yes. time of recording. Yes. It really appears to be moving, moving Tim's spirit, if you will. He's inspired, I would yep. say. Yep. So he he stops and I don't buys. Remember what what Lila says, but it inspires him to like make a move. Oh, because she's talking about there's a. Does she use the word him, or just a <laughs> song? Because she's like, it's called this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. <laughs> yeah. And this is what inspires Tim. Yeah, it was like she kind of made it about being true to yourself and yeah. all that. Um, it, it moves Tim. He stops at a gas station and buys well, flowers. I was it, it a? Fl- was, I thought it was a flaunt florist. Okay, that I guess that would make more sense. But and why would he, they be open at nighttime hours? Here's my mentality. You ready for it? Yep. Texas is Central Time. Uh huh. What time did it get dark today? Yeah, like 4.30 p.m. Yeah, 4.45, 4.30, Okay, all right. We're talking afternoon after school. After school. Let's yep. say it's 5.30 p.m. Tim is or driving home from football practice. Okay, yeah, so 5.36. We'll say, and we'll stop at the florist. Florist is still open. Could be, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Who knows? They've got two movie theaters. Imagine how many florists that they have <laughs> options for. They got to get a leg up on the competition mm-hmm. of the other florists, so they stay so, open an extra. That's hour that's so. where my mentality is. So it's still football season. So we'll say it's it's got to be October, November, in the very least. So okay, it's starting. The, to, the days are yeah. getting shorter. Yeah. So in All my right. mind, that's that's where my mentality came is is that it's it's dark out. I think the even like the florist lady seemed very she's weird. Not four a.m. ish though. Like <laughs> not four a.m. florist weird. Who are these four? <laughs> <laughs> she's so weird. Why would you? <laughs> hey, you know that to me that's courtesy that you wouldn't get at a four a.m. florist. You know <laughs> <laughs> that's true. All right, I'll go with it because it it did not make sense. To me, to have a full like flower display at a random yeah. gas station, so I'll go with it. He buys flowers. Uh, the <laughs> I have the clerk awkwardly ask, "Who are they for?" Mm-hmm. Uh, a girl. Tim replies, "Which we who do. else would it be for?" From Tim, you never Riggins. know. You, you never, never know, know, but it's Tim Regan's. Everybody knows who Tim Regan's. Anyway. Well, we're we're unsure of the size of the town, so we don't know if, <laughs> That's if true. They anybody know knows Tim. Yeah. Um, we do uh, get a, a music cue. Yeah, ending Curtis. song montage. Mm-hmm. Our our typical ending song montage. What do you have for that? Um, now that I know by Devendra Bonhart. Oh no way! 
I used to listen to him in about 2008, oh. 2009. I yeah, it, it felt together. very, I didn't write this down in my notes, but I do remember that it felt very like Garden State soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is If I were to describe it as a genre, I would describe it as a Garden State soundtrack genre. I, boy. not a, not a disrespectful comment for the record. Devonder Barner. Okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, kind of want to go back and listen to a little of that now. Yeah, that it I'm sounded nice. Like it was very pleasant. You know, um, I want to make a controversial, controversial statement, and I, I want to mm-hmm. make sure that this goes on air. Um, that that the Garden State soundtrack was good. I'm but, not going to argue with you. Okay. No, no. But um, Zach Braff executive produced another soundtrack two years later for a movie called The Last Kiss which I saw in theaters and went out and bought the soundtrack the next, like that same day, actually. Yeah. And it is a better soundtrack. I own it on CD to this day and I still pop it in at least once a year uh, on a road trip. And it is better than the Garden State soundtrack. And it has, you're, you're looking at it right now and I can see that it has um, the classic Emojin Heap song on it that I can't think of. Mm, what you say? <laughs> right. I can only think of the Jason Derulo. Uh, yeah. I think of the SNL skit. The Last Kiss. Dear Sister. <laughs> Look at the Last Kiss soundtrack. It is I'm a it, it is banger after banger. I'm going to tell you, it is better than Garden State. Hide and Seek. Imogen yeah, Heap. Hide and Seek. Yeah. Which absolutely. Oh, yeah. This is. Wow. I kind of forget that 2007, 2008, 2009 was like when I was in college. And yeah. so a lot. Of, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Snow Patrol. Absolutely. Oh. Imogen Heap. Absolutely. Ray LeMontagne. Absolutely. Yep. Amos Lee. Arms of a Woman. Jeez. Forget about it. Paperweight. Coldplay? Paperweight by Skylar Fisk. And uh, who did she sing? that? Joshua, Joshua Radin. Yep. Uh, absolutely. Another uh, Joshua Radin song on that soundtrack too. Rufus Wainwright. Yes. You know, I saw I saw Rufus Wainwright in concert at the Washington Pavilion with the South Dakota State uh, Orchestra. Unreal. That one of the most under attended, one of the most under attended concerts I've ever been to. We were in the second row. <laughs> Unreal concert. That sounds yeah. That sounds amazing. Unreal. That, yeah. How did, why would that even happen? I don't understand why that would happen, but that's awesome. I still got the book for it. The The South Dakota State Symphony Orchestra, um, like your playbook, yeah, your yeah, yeah. playbill or whatever. Uh-huh. And they, yeah. Amazing concert. That's awesome. Unreal. That guy, and he did like one song where he was like, I'm going to turn the mics off and feel what the acoustics are in this room. And he just <laughs> sang a song like 100% just his what voice in that room. It was fucking awesome. That's amazing. And yeah. the Washington Pavilion has amazing acoustics. Yes. It uh, was a gr- one of the, like, I'll say this. I've been to a lot of, like, I've been blessed to go to a lot of great shows. Um, I'm not going to say he was the best concert I've ever been to, but he is the most vocally talented mm-hmm. artist that I've seen in concert. Like the most 
impressive vocals. And I'm not a vocals guy, but <laughs> sure. he is the most impressive vocals that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I believe concert. that. That's, yeah, that would be incredible. This is a fantastic soundtrack that I feel like I need to like save right Ooh. now so that I go and listen to it. Do it. It's it's one, like I said, man, I go back to it once a year. It's one of those albums uh, that I go back to at least once a year and go underrated, hard underrated. Yeah. I forgot that's And that's what got me into Ray LaMontagne. It's what got me into um, Wainwright, Rufus Wainwright. It got me uh-huh. into, it got me like to dig into Coldplay. It got me sure. to dig into Snow Patrol. Like mm-hmm. I own Snow Patrol albums because of that. Uh, I own Rufus Wainwright albums and his dad, Loudon Wainwright, the third albums uh-huh. because of that album. I own like, yeah, that album, that soundtrack album caused me to dig into so much music. It's really good. And probably my favorites off of that soundtrack. I listened to a ton of Amos Lee, Arms of a Woman. Yeah. That's such I a good about, song. Yeah. I forgot about that, that. That debut Amos Lee album is. It's so good. Die for. That, yeah. Straight through. That's really good. Uh, and that paperweight song, I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to a lot of Skylar Fisk. Fisk, I don't remember <laughs> specifically anymore. But now that I yeah see that song, I'm remembering how much I listened mm-hmm. to. Um, kind of reminds me of the "Away We Go" soundtrack. Yes, yep. Which was Alexi also Murdoch. really good. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Really good, kind of that same era. Uh, actually, the first thing I noticed when I looked up the last kiss with that was that it stars uh, Rachel Bilson, yes, of the OC, which which we love, we love, we're big fans of. So the next the the sequel to the real we're living the lights is going to be an OC podcast. Yes. All right let's let's uh, let's bring let's this episode yeah. home, or the at least the <laughs> plot synopsis. Yeah. Of this episode home. It's a good thing we didn't record two episodes yeah. tonight because this we went to uh, hit, yeah, we This is what it. happens when we take two weeks of a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all over the place, but it's good. Matt arrives home to an empty house. Yes. He is kind of saying, Grandma, Carlota, anybody home? He finds a letter on his bed. He reads it, gets emotional. We can kind of tell what's going yep. on, but yep. nevertheless, I think unnecessarily we get grandma coming in, dementia grandma, you know. <laughs> yeah. She lets has, him know. You know she, she made apparently 30 pancakes earlier <laughs> uh, in this episode, <laughs> and she is somehow able to comprehend that Carlotta left. Uh, apparently not assigned a new nurse. Apparently not. Yeah. It just a one timer situation, a one off. I don't know. Yeah. What? Uh, not explained by the writers, but that's season two, folks. <laughs> yeah, and then they just bail in a couple episodes, so we really don't need to explain it. Um, Our little yeah. left a, a day early. Grandma informs. Uh, basically informs the audience of what the letter says. I think it, yep. yeah, once again, could have been conveyed earlier, but, uh, you know, I'm just a dude in South Dakota with zero writing credits. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she wanted to say goodbye, 
apparently Matt, as grandma informs yeah yeah i don't know what matt was doing that he got home so late because it seems like it's late because it's after tim is yeah. at his anyway well i guess once again central time in the winter uh <laughs> yeah, it's kind of ambiguous but they're closer to the equator so the the mm. you know the fluctuation yeah. of days and nights is a little less pronounced but yeah. we won't get into that now yeah uh you know, Damn. when the sun hits oh. the sky and creates the uh, 360-degree equator <laughs> and I go behind, do the bump and grind, and it's only a matter of time. <laughs> what do you remember the, the video? That? We watched on this podcast. Uh, you don't you didn't air it, but when um, it's, it's a Scott Center, old Scott Center promo. Oh, right, like, right, 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 yeah. right, right. Yes. <laughs> they don't have to wait for the, the sun to hit the sky. And meet the equator, <laughs> create an equinox. Go look that up, folks. When I go behind, do the bump and grind, and it's what? only a matter of time before they call me the big bad booty daddy. What do you? What? Do you, what should people Google to go find that? Right now? <laughs> if we're putting this in the episode, uh, Scott Steiner. I think Equinox. I think those three words, Scott should Center, get you Equinox, there. should get you there. Yeah. All right. Uh, go Google that and you won't be sorry. Uh, Tim is taking his flowers. He's going to find Lila at the Promised Land Church, which we find out is what the church is called. Maybe we knew that already. But um, he just walks into the church and goes to find Just Lila. in time. Yep, they just happen. Lila and Chris, the Christian, uh, happen to be making kisses. Yeah, they're uh, wrapping, they wrapped up the show. Tim is, he knows his way through. He knows right where to go to find uh, the recording the studio. In the studio and <laughs> the broadcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he walks into the studio and he walks in just in time to see Lila and her co host kissing. He drops the flowers on a baby grand piano. Yeah, he just throws it into the open baby grand. Walks right out. His heart is broken. He's very sad. Uh, he thought he was going to let his little light shine, but <laughs> uh, it was hid under a bushel. Yeah. <clears throat> turns out, um, I can't remember what, what it is. It's 90% perspiration and, 10% inspiration. inspiration. But <laughs> yeah, something like that. Whatever it is, uh, the inspiration wasn't enough. He didn't do enough perspiration. <laughs> I guess not. Uh, Santiago comes back to Buddy's house. Buddy is cleaning up the mess. Uh, Santiago did get the watch back, but he's boy, beat up though. He's damaged. He's busted. Busted up real bad. Buddy's going to get him cleaned up. We see the smash children at the breakfast Santi- table. Santiago, well, because they, they have a oh, yeah. moment. Sorry, I just want to mention. Yep. They have a moment where Buddy's like, where were you? Oh, you're all beat up. And Santiago's like, I had to get your watch back. And Buddy has a moment where he's like, oh, son. You know, he's he's just like, oh, jeez. Yep. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe you went through that. Yep. Uh, so they, yeah, they have a just moment. Just for there. little old me's. Possessions. <laughs> it's a good thing it wasn't his Babe Ruth autographed baseball yeah. because you know Buddy cares about that more. Would have been an extra watch. extra punch for Santiago. <laughs> he would have gotten yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. We see the Smash children at the breakfast table lying to Mama Smash. Yeah, Mama Smash asks about how the movie was, how Mussolini Boulevard was. <laughs> right. You can tell she's a little little skeptical, a little suspicious. Yeah, Smash and Sister Smash both lie pretty mm-hmm. obviously. Oh, it was a pretty mm-hmm. good movie, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Smash is kind of, mm, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, you didn't say anything about it when you got home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's suspicious and the final scene is the the taylor's coach and tammy dropping off baby gracie finally at daycare they've done it they've dropped her off they've completed that mission area 51 daycare Um, (laughs) and that is pretty much the end of the episode i believe so we will be right back All right, we are back for our awards for the week. We're going to bring her home here. Uh, during our break, I happened to notice in the trivia section of the IMDb that it says, uh, Lila talks about how she burned her uniform, but it is shown in the season one finale that she threw it away in the hotel after the Panthers win state. Uh, yep, we caught that. We yeah. we were on top of it and uh, wasn't sure if we, I remember that, correctly but yeah we were right on there so there you go uh let's get into our awards for the week um we're gonna start as we always do with the coach taylor inspo rating so coach had zero football uh involvement this week there was not a moment of on-field action no um so this all comes down to coach the family man yeah we gotta give him some points for um, kind of, I think it was inspiring for him to give Tammy the kind of room that she needed to yes. not quit her job, mm-hmm. to say, you know, date, he, hey, he looked up a study that said the daycare <laughs> improves social. Yep. Uh, awareness or whatever social relationships he um, calls coach Mac out on his misogyny and sexism. <laughs> so you got to yeah. give him some points for that. I'm going to, I got to say just on merit, like a hard six. Yeah. And, and like a minimum. I was thinking a solid seven. So yeah. I, I think that's pretty good, but I agree. He, he handled the daycare situation really, really well. He kind of let Tammy just work it out. You know, she needed to kind of work out her own feelings, her own like insecurities with leaving the the baby, her own wrestling with, should I be working or not? Um, and let her come to her own conclusions and was very supportive, which but I think also, is very admirable. Also like when Tammy came to the conclusion of, I need to quit my job to take care of this child. Say, no, you don't. Yep. Yep. Kind of helped guide her back on path. I think it's great. You got to give him a point for that, but also deduct a point for the jealousy in his eyes when Glenn is holding Gracie (laughs) Bell earlier in the episode. So listen, 
once you gotta a, even it out. Once a man has had his hands in your ice in your in your ice box, there's gonna be some suspicion. But yeah. seven. I like seven. You I gave like a seven. seven. Yep. Okay. Uh we gave movie dude one a strong seven, so we covered that. Julie Hatometer, we had very little Julie in this episode. I can only think of her at the table kind of asking Coach and Tammy yeah, if they're fighting. Fight. So I think like a one is a fair score. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of it was kind of humorous a little bit, her part. So oh wait. Uh that would be that we don't like Julie. Mm-hmm. Are, are you saying you're a little Yeah, I'm, I'm on the negative side because she does like uh are you guys fighting? I'm gonna go. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go. If it's yeah, yeah. Okay. I think Fair it's. Enough. I think it's. I'm gonna put it on the negative side for sure. I'm fine with it. Beer tally. Did we end one. up with one? Yep. There was one some confirmed. Two implied. Three implied. But one. Yeah. One confirmed. Okay. Sounds good to me. Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week. I mean, Buddy was. Doing his best here in this episode. I got to say at the bar when he's talking about like, if you had some thugs come to your house, would you leave an <laughs> antique watch there? And like, it is weird to me that like, that's the thing that the folks focused on because he had a Babe Ruth autographed baseball. Like, honestly, if I'm in a house, if in a no contact situation, if somebody throws me in a dark room and they say, Here's two items. Which one would you take? This is a baseball autographed by Babe Ruth. Yeah, one of the greatest of all time. This is a uh, pocket watch with no context aside from, I mean, frankly, yeah, Devin had no context. Yeah, context. it's just an old But also, watch. even if you gave the context of, here's a Babe Ruth autographed baseball. Here's a (laughs) stopwatch with no context, but it's been passed down from generation to generation. (laughs) Even with that context, I'm taking the Babe Ruth baseball. Yeah. I I guess, I guess the only Devin's a dumbass. (laughs) I was going to say that maybe they just, buddy wasn't displaying the Babe Ruth baseball on the mantle, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) either way. Uh, calling, calling Santiago's friends thugs immediately after his little like rant about seeing the good in people. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Uh, music cue. We got to go with Devondra Bonhart. Yeah, for sure. Quote of the week. There's nothing super strong, but I did have a few. We did mention a few. Submissions. I will submit uh, Buddy's here. He has a box uh, as one of them from Tammy Taylor. I'll also submit uh, Matt talking to Matt correcting Landry that she's not a maid. She's a nurse. She's in nursing school. She studied a lot. And yeah, she's pretty hot. (laughs) Uh, But I think this is going to be a double award winner here. Going to smash. Oh, y'all got a Wii? <laughs> yeah. I think for me, for quarter of the week, y'all got a Wii or the, she's a nurse, she's go, she went to nursing school, she's hot. I think those are both hard quotes of the week. 
I didn't write anything down, but I did remember those both. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they're both memorable. And I like Y'all Got a Wii. But I think Wii takes quarter of the week or outdated pop culture of the week. So Listen. I would I would slightly lean toward uh she's in her she's in nursing school and she's hot. <laughs> Uh, for me is quarter of the week, but but I'll I'll listen to your argument. Yeah, I normally would agree with you that we should split it up, but because I just got a Wii for Christmas, uh what, twelve years, thirteen years after they came out, and I will be able to use that quote regularly now. Uh oh, y'all got a Wii when uh I'm taught when I go down into my basement. <laughs> I want to use it for both. You're going to say it about yourself? <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll allow it. <laughs> oh, y'all got a Wii? Nice. Uh, so when, I'm going to go ahead. When the pandemic's over and I finally come and visit you, I'm going to be like, so do you want to show me the basement? <laughs> oh, y'all got a Wii? <laughs> we'll just play Wii bowling for hours <laughs> together and then we'll record a podcast yes. and yes. it'll be great. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> Matt Saracen, the Alamo Freeze presents the Matt Saracen Goofus Malufus moment of the week, I think is the whole sequence of basically inviting himself to the quinceanera, kind of, yeah. and then telling her that he loves her, she loves him. I mean, I think that even combined with the um, moment where grandma's making pancake, pancakes and Matt's like, oh yeah, I like pancakes. Are you making too much? And then... He like wanders into Carlota's room and she's like, Hey, can you reach my suitcase for me? And he's like, Oh, whoa, 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 what do you need a suitcase for? <laughs> what, 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 where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, arguably every scene he's in, but yeah. Our MVP of the episode, who are we going to give that to? The first thing that comes to my mind is Smash for punching a racist in the face. Yeah, Smash is the undersung. I will see in the next episode that it doesn't really play in his favor. But I think for with the context of this episode, which is all that we have. (laughs) Sorry. um, Well, I think I think Smash is a a worthy candidate. I'm going to go on record and say I am pro punching racists in the face. Yes. I'm not usually, you know, a violence guy, but if somebody makes those comments to my daughters of color in the future, I fully support them or anyone there with punching those racists in the face. So I like it. You know, Tammy Taylor is the kind of perennial nominee for this award, but mm. honestly, you know, I, I she didn't have a bad episode, but it's not a shiny I mean, we, Tammy yeah. episode. Timmy is like the automatic and I don't want to get like too cliche with it, but <laughs> yep. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't her strongest one. So I believe honorable mention always, always at least at the very least. <laughs> I believe that leaves us with episode rating. So how do we feel about this episode? It was actually, I noticed on IMDb, it was rated pretty high i noticed that too and i had texted you earlier today that i had a lot of notes on it and i don't know that i without context would have ranked it so high but 
the overall scheme of things, it is a very like mobile episode. It moves things ahead a lot. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with like a strong seven. Okay. I'm good with the seven. Yeah. That's pretty good. Let me look. What did it get on? Seven, eight. Yeah. Seven, eight, which is a little higher than I would go, but I'm, I'm good with the seven. I would say, uh, a low seven, but in that seven range. So, all right, we've been on just a streak of sevens here for the last three episodes now. Um, that's season two for you. Even at its worst, Friday Night Lights is very good. Yeah, that's. I mean, I think honestly, I don't know how low we've gone, but I can't imagine any episode from this point on going lower than a five, and I don't think we've gone lower than a six. We have so, not gone lower than a six. Yeah, uh, I think that speaks to the strength of the series not even only our love for it but like i think that's honestly i think this is the low point of the entire series and 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 you know i was just thinking when we were watching these we were in episode 12 of 15 there's three episodes left in this season which is notoriously the the worst i'll straight up say the worst. that's fine yeah um and it's it's really only pretty much uphill from here. Yeah. And I think that says so much about the show. Like, yep. Not even just me liking the show. I think it's just the integrity of the show. Like it gets so much better from here. And this is the low point of the, of the entire series. And I think there's something to be said about that. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, even at its worst, it's still really good. We talked for, nine ten eleven twelve one we talked for over four hours yeah. <laughs> about this episode granted not all of it With directly related but all of it stemming yeah. from friday night lights so uh thanks for watching along with us uh we're gonna try something new here to close us anthony if we have to take one lesson from this episode and carry it into our life what's the the lesson we learned that we want to encourage our listeners to to go out and implement um don't judge people from the outside look at what's inside but also hide your stuff from thugs also that yeah (laughs) also if you have several people that are thugs that are coming to your household for several hours at a time and you're not for whatever reason going to be there to supervise i uh put those things in a box and bring them to your most trustworthy <laughs> friend uh preferably the coach of your high school football team in town yeah. if you uh, are if you have a personal relationship with them <laughs> yes and uh, honestly buddy was correct we, he, a little racist, but he, yeah. <laughs> in this case, I mean, but I mean, it's kind of a. Uh, uh, I don't want to dig myself into too but like, if you, I think if you, regardless, listen. <laughs> if I go back to Plaza, South Dakota, and I don't so have I, any children, I don't have any children. Yeah. So, like, if a person that I am friends with is hanging out with a bunch of people that are drinking forties. Yeah. Let's say, hey, we want to come to your property and watch a movie. I think I'm going to maybe, you know, put your grandpa's watch away. Yeah. 
that's fair. Implement some some safety measures, but um, I can't really relate to the situation at hand. So, <laughs> but I think I think I think I, I I really think even like the the presence of alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like that's a good call. Yeah, with teenagers is a a hard red flag. So good. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Uh, and. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be often that we recommend you take the same course of action as Buddy Garrity, but hey, uh, everyone's right every once in a while. So. Listen, this is the first uh, what advice from this episode would you take, and we're going to only go uphill from here. <laughs> That's uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, another instant classic episode of Reliving the Lights incredibly memorable incredibly top-notch shout out to our listeners in the west indies yes, we love you as always um uh that's that's all we have so uh we'll see you next week there are only three episodes left in season, the season so yeah. yeah we're we're getting close so thank you for being with us that's all we have for tonight uh see you next week Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.